Welcome to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri from the Resume Rx, and this is the podcast that's dedicated to empowering and encouraging nurses along your path of professional and self-discovery. As a nurse practitioner, mom, and business owner, I'm on a mission to help you figure out how to leave your lasting impact on the world, all while bravely and fearlessly growing along the way. Join me for honest conversations and inspiring stories about personal and professional growth, all through the lens of nursing. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Nurse Becoming Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Guarneri, and this is episode number 10. I'm pretty excited that I have stuck with this consistently for 10 episodes. I'm not going to say that it was hard or that I'm really super surprised because this was definitely a big, this was an intentional decision to start this podcast before I even recorded. I had planned out, you know, many, many episode topics. But what I'm really excited is to say that I'm proud. I'm proud of being consistent. I'm proud of myself for showing up. And I'm proud of myself for doing something that's uncomfortable and hard for me. Because as we are going to be talking about today, doing new things is hard and uncomfortable and vulnerable. And what we're really going to unpack today is the mindset of being a new graduate. And what that really comes down to is the mindset of being new at something. So I'm right there with you right now. You know, I'm not a new graduate anymore. It's been almost 10 years since I was a new graduate NP. So those feelings of being a new graduate provider are not super fresh in my mind, but I keep myself close to new grads. So I can relate to what you're going through. And I also force myself to do new things because I think that that's where we grow is doing things that are hard and new and uncomfortable. And that's what I really want to talk about today as it relates to being a new graduate. And I'm going to use you know, new graduate as a catch-all term to refer to both nurses and NPs because I think that while there are some nuanced differences from being a new graduate NP because you have the experience and the comfort of being an experienced nurse, I think there is some nuanced difference there. But in general, I think that The things that I'm going to talk about in terms of the mindset of the new graduate is very, very applicable to both nurses and NPs. So just know that I am speaking to you both (laughs) directly regardless of your new grad location on your continuum. Okay, so we're going to continue the conversation around mindset. If you listened to last week's episode, we talked about how mindset can really affect your job search if you are believing that the job market is oversaturated. So if that is a topic that is of interest to you, definitely after episode 10, go back and listen to episode number nine, especially you know if you're a new grad nurse or NP and you just keep hearing and seeing these messages about how the job market is oversaturated and you're never going to be able to find a job and you're going to be having to do the job that you currently have or previously did for longer than expected, you know, go back and listen to that episode because that is especially for you. 
So today I'm going to talk more about the overall mindset of being a new graduate and how to overcome the challenge of imposter syndrome specifically, and also the challenge of being uncomfortable. So where are we going to start? I'd like to start by acknowledging that if you are a woman or you identify as a woman, there are chances that you've encountered some structural realities that encourage you to feel not enough. Okay, so this is kind of where this conversation starts for women, I think, because as a society, we grow up with these subliminal and subconscious messages that we are not enough in this world. And it is hard to not let those things affect you, even if you're not aware that they're affecting you. Just as an example, starting with your education, chances are you may have been taught with some sort of Socratic method, which is the method of teaching where rather than answering a question as as the educator, you respond with another question and you kind of force the learner to continue to answer questions in a in an attempt to answer whatever the primary question is. Now, this is really common in medical training. And if you've ever been in a mixed group and learning among medical students, you will have seen this firsthand. And it's it, when I first saw it, I thought it was very, very obvious. It's kind of this way of forcing someone to answer questions when they may not be comfortable or confident in those answers. Now, this method, this Socratic method of teaching, has been shown in studies to be a very masculine way of teaching and has been proven to have a structural impact on a woman's sense of self-worth. I was listening to a presentation in a, in a business group that I'm in, and the leader talked about how there are studies and proof that as women go further down the line in education, and this is even you know in elementary school and high school, the older they get, the farther they travel down that path, the less likely they are to even raise their hand, the less likely they are to speak up and insert themselves into a conversation. And I think that's really that's really troublesome to me that that reality. And nursing education, is likely, you know, majority female, but it's possible that from an early age in the classroom, you as a woman unknowingly learned to raise your hand less often, which in the long term has potentially led to women having more difficulty advocating for themselves in the workplace and negotiating and kind of making moves from a professional standpoint. Okay, so, you know, starting off by acknowledging that structurally women have struggled with being enough because of societal norms and implications. And that's not even unpacking the aspect of structural racism affecting Black individuals and individuals of color. Okay, we could really go down that path deeply and we probably will in a separate episode. But all that to say, you know, when you are starting something new, there is a long history of experiences in your life 
that have likely influenced how you negotiate this new experience. Okay. Now, beyond the structural ways in which we learn to be less than or not enough, there are parts of our mindset in play that can cause and perpetuate imposter syndrome. Now, if you're not familiar with the term imposter syndrome, this is a persistent belief that you are not deserving or you are not worthy of the success that you've achieved. Basically, continuing to question yourself about whether you actually earned the spot that you're in or are worthy of the position that you have. You know, I remember when I was in nursing school, when I was like my first semester of my RN program, we, it was within a few weeks and we all had to um, go to this volunteer event. We were a group of us, and I, I guess we could volunteer. It was We weren't forced to do it, but we the majority of us signed up to go do free health screenings at this event um, for veterans. And it was, I just remember it like it was yesterday. It was the, my first time putting on my navy blue scrubs because that was the you know, that was the uniform. We had navy blue scrubs. I put on my white lab coat because we all had our white lab coat with the school emblem on the right hand shoulder. And I did my hair in a French braid because I wanted, you know, I wanted my hair out of my face. And I had my brand new, I took my brand new pink stethoscope that was engraved with my name. I took it out of the package and put it around my neck. And I just remember showing up to this event and feeling like an absolute fraud. You know, I had just learned to take a blood pressure like the week before, and that's all we were doing. We were, we were just taking blood pressures. And the enormous weight of that experience just was, I don't know, it seemed impossible. I thought, you know, how how can I wear these scrubs? I have not earned the opportunity to wear these scrubs. I feel like a fraud with this stethoscope around my neck. And that was imposter syndrome. You know, I was definitely qualified to wear scrubs. (laughs) I was qualified to have my little name tag that said nursing student because that's what I was. And I was qualified to take a blood pressure. I had learned how to do it. I was being supervised by people who would watch in case I was doing something incorrectly. Um, But that feeling, you know, that very raw feeling of being an imposter, being a fraud was really a memorable, a memorable feeling for me. I can remember another situation that if you are a parent, you may relate to after having your first child. So for me, it was having twins. And when it was ready to go home, I, and I think I've heard other parents have the similar situation, the similar feeling, like just all of a sudden one day you pack up your baby in the car seat and they just let you leave. And that feeling of, wait a second, you're going to let me leave with this baby? I don't know what to do with this baby when I get home. You know, a few days ago, I was not a parent and now I am. And and you've been checking on me every hour for the past however many days. But now all of a sudden, you're just going to cut our cut our wristbands off and send us off into the wild to do whatever. You know, that is really a memorable feeling that you may be able to relate to. And that's just another example of imposter syndrome, not feeling deserving or worthy or qualified to take on this new role that you now have. So in reality, you know, bringing it back to 
being a new graduate. You go to school, you pass your classes and your exams, you earn your credentials, but despite all this, you might still feel like a fraud. And this is the most common mindset block I see among new graduate nurses and new graduate NPs and advanced practice providers. So a big question is, how am I perpetuating this reality of feeling that I am not enough? Okay, so this is where the mindset comes in. Like, what am I doing? What am I thinking and believing that is keeping me in this mindset? And, you know, the next thing is what the next thing that we'll talk about is what can I do to get out of that? What can I do? What am I in control of that I can get rid of this feeling of I am not enough? So here are some of the ways that imposter syndrome can show up in your work life as a new graduate. So before you even get the job, maybe you don't apply to positions that you feel that you couldn't do. Maybe you're not applying to jobs that you see that look awesome, but they scare you. You might even be qualified. You might be totally qualified. You might actually be the strongest candidate. But because you are afraid of what it means to actually move into that role, maybe you're just stepping back and not applying at all. Now, I can almost guarantee that this is something that either you have done or you may do, uh, especially if you're a woman, because studies have shown that women will wait until they have fulfilled 100% of the job requirements on a job posting before they apply for a position. Whereas men will apply after fulfilling only about 50%. Okay. So like, think about that. That means that if you are shown a job position that has just one bullet point that you don't feel that you are qualified to do, you are very likely to not even apply. Whereas a man might see half of those things that he is qualified for and he'll find that to be enough to apply. Okay. Also, women consistently over-prepare and over-deliver. There's this fear of being imperfect. There's fear of making a mistake. I have even seen women go back to school and become something new, gain a new certification, gain a new qualification, a new license as a way to provide proof that you are worthy. I have seen people who don't feel worthy enough in some way And it's not always career-related. Sometimes there's a personal component. And because they cannot fulfill a sense of worth, they go back to school and get another degree because they think that's the answer. And I'll tell you that it's usually not. Okay, and we'll talk about that more in another episode. Another way that imposter syndrome may show up in your life at work as a new grad, you might create excuses for why you can't get a job. To reference last week, you may say that the market is oversaturated, or you may already have another great job and say, oh, well, I'm never going to make as much as I do now as a nurse as I am 
as an NP because I'm going to be a new grad NP and salaries aren't great in my area and the market's oversaturated and I might as well just continue to work as a nurse and get my shift differential and you know I'm on top of the clinical ladder here as a nurse and 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 or rather but 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 you know I hear a lot of buts and excuses and while that information may be true you might actually make more now as a nurse as an experienced nurse than you do as a new grad nurse practitioner, at least for a short period of time, that should not be forever. While that may be factual information, are you using it as an excuse to not take action because you're scared? I can't answer that for you, but that's something that I want you to sit with and think about. Here's another example. When you are interviewing for a job, imposter syndrome could look like accepting a condition that you're not comfortable with because you don't want to say no. You could be accepting a schedule that you actually cannot do. Or you might reflexively accept any salary offer because you do not believe you are worthy of more. Okay? Before you can actually command a specific salary or condition of employment that you want, you have to actually believe that you are worthy of it and you deserve it. And when you finally believe that you are worthy, you can then articulate your value. And that's when you will get what you want. Okay, but imagine how difficult it is if you are stuck in this imposter syndrome mindset. It can be really difficult to feel worthy and believe that you are worthy. Okay, another example of how imposter syndrome may show up when you are in the job, on the job as a new grad. Maybe you don't ask questions about things that you're unsure of. This is a really dangerous one, and I've seen this happen. You know, the fear of not wanting to appear like you don't know what you are doing can actually keep you in a place of not knowing what you're doing. And when it comes to being a good new graduate, an emotionally intelligent new graduate, regardless of whether you're a nurse or an NP, You must know what you know, and you absolutely must know what you don't know. And you must not be afraid to raise your hand and say, I don't know. I need help. I'm out of my league with this. Because when it comes to medicine and nursing, we're dealing with life and death situations here. You know, our decision making on behalf of our patients has a ripple effect. And if you stay quiet when you need to ask a clarifying question, that ultimately affects the health and safety of your patient, like that, I don't care that you feel like an imposter. I don't care that you feel unworthy. You need to know when to ask for help. And if that's the only thing that you can say, (laughs) that you can confidently say as a new graduate is your top skill, that's a skill that matters more than anything, in my opinion, okay? Because that will be a guiding light and a guiding sense of knowing what you know and knowing what you don't know and having the confidence to admit that, that will keep you in a good place throughout your career if you can kind of hang on to that knowledge and always center yourself with it. You will always make good decisions if you always come from that place. I obviously feel really strongly about that. (laughs) 
Hey friend, if you are a nurse practitioner or even a future NP, you might be wondering what type of specialty you should work in. And this is a question I get asked a lot because we're really only exposed to a few specialties during NP school. So I interviewed some amazing specialty NPs for our private podcast series called NP Specialty Takeovers. You can listen to all the episodes by heading to nptakeovers.com. And once you enter your email address, you will get free access to the series, which you can actually just upload in your podcast app so that you can binge all the episodes. It's a private podcast feed. It's totally free. And chances are we have an episode about that one specialty you're super curious about. So go ahead to nptakeovers.com and get free access to the specialty podcast series today. Another example, if you might not speak up in a meeting because you are defaulting to feeling like the new person who has nothing to contribute, okay? This is all mindset, imposter syndrome, lack of worthiness. You might procrastinate. You might change how you show up in terms of your personality. You might morph or be a chameleon into what you think that they, meaning others, want to see from you because you are worried about not meeting their expectations of you. Okay. So these are all really common examples of how imposter syndrome will and can show up in your life, you know, as a nurse, nurse practitioner in general, but especially as a new graduate. And the first thing that I want you to do as a way to move forward with being better is to identify these things. Okay, to recognize them. When you are in the moment and you know you have an excuse running in your head about why you can't apply for this particular job that seems like your dream job, I want you to first pause and and think about it and say, you know, is this a reality or is this the reality I'm creating because of my belief that I am not enough? Okay, so it really comes down to identifying these beliefs before you can change them and ultimately improve on this, you know, imposter syndrome situation. So, you know, let's now talk more about what you can do to get out of this imposter syndrome, you know, unworthiness mindset as a new graduate. I'm going to be referencing a lot of information from here on out from Brene Brown. She, you may be familiar with her. If you're not, you should be. Uh, She's a shame and vulnerability researcher. She is a PhD social worker by trade. She's basically my personal hero. And she has a great podcast episode that I'll link in the show notes that really encompasses this topic perfectly. And what I'm going to do is summarize her work and her thoughts here and present them to you through the nursing lens. Okay. So first, Brene defines vulnerability as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Okay, that is what she defines as vulnerability. And being new at something is the epitome of that. Okay, when you're new, you're uncertain, you're taking a risk, and you're emotionally exposing yourself. And she talks about the way of getting through that discomfort is to push right through it. Okay, and and the thing with Brene is she doesn't just present theories and ideas. She has She's a qualitative researcher and has actually studied 
trends around this topic. So she has studied that the way to push through being new at something, the way to overcome vulnerability is to actually push right through it. You can't avoid it. You have to go through it. Being new at something is hard and uncomfortable and it's vulnerable. Okay. You know, I'm new at podcasting and last week, my husband, we were at my in-law's house. My husband pulled up my podcast and was telling my mother-in-law about it. And she may or may not be listening because now she wants to listen to my podcast and she's not a nurse. And I felt really uncomfortable. He started playing it like in the room with multiple people in the room. And I, I freaked out. I snapped at him. I said, please turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And I couldn't bear to, first of all, hear the episode played back. I don't know what it is about hearing your own voice, but for me, it's really uncomfortable. I hope I'm not alone in that. <laughs> um, but I felt like I had just had my pants pulled down in front of a crowd. Like as I was processing why I had that reaction, because his reaction was like, why you should be proud of this. Why are you telling me to turn it off? And that's what it felt like for me. It felt like my pants had been pulled down or that I was having like that dream of, you know, being naked on the stage in front of your high school. And why did I feel that way? Because this is new. This is vulnerable. This is uncomfortable for me to be new at something because, you know, it's uncharted territory. There's an element of imposter syndrome with me having this platform and starting this podcast. It's always going to be there, but how am I going to push through it and get over this feeling of being new? Because sometimes we get so afraid at the new thing that we stop trying. And when we give up being new and awkward and uncomfortable, we stop growing. And, and this is to quote Brene from that podcast episode, when we stop growing, we stop living. And the more we are willing to embrace the discomfort, the more we can normalize it and consistently push through these moments, you know, the better off we'll be and the more growth we will have. And, you know, that's something that the earlier and the sooner you can learn that, especially as you are navigating a new professional world, I think you know, the better off you will be and the more you will be able to relate to your patients as well. Because, you know, a whole other episode is, you know, how does empathy and our ability to recognize vulnerability in our patients, how can we be healers, you know, just by connecting with them emotionally and understanding what they're going through and validating them? You know, that is what I think is the special sauce of nursing that takes us, you know, outside of the algorithm diagnosis approach of medicine and really puts us in this place of emotional healing having just as much importance as medical healing. So, Brené has this strategy called the FFT, and I'm going to keep this episode clean so I don't have to put the explicit rating on it. Um, but the F, the first F stands for a bad word that ends in ing. <laughs> and the other f and t stand for first time. Okay? So f ing first time. Fill in the blank there. So she just refers to, you know, being new at something as an FFT. She calls it an FFT. And she says that what you need to do is you need to name the FFT when you're in it because that gives it meaning. So 
in her episode, she talked about her being new at a podcast. She talked about being new at her Peloton bicycle. She talked about all these things that were new. And the first step in overcoming the discomfort she was having was to name it. She's like, oh, I'm in an FFT. Okay. And when we name and own hard things, it gives us power and control over the situation. So maybe you're about to start a new job, or maybe you are feeling the weight of the imposter syndrome as you move on this professional journey of yours. A really good place to start would be to name it and say, oh, you can use FFT, you could use another term if you want. Whatever it is, you can identify that you are in the new place. You are in this zone of discomfort. And this feeling is uncomfortable, but it's not permanent. Okay. So Brene has three steps to overcoming this feeling of being new. And I think that these steps absolutely relate to being a new graduate. So the first thing is to normalize it. Okay, to identify that it's okay to be uncomfortable. You're not the first person to go through this. And actually, pretty much everybody who's a new grad goes through this same experience of being new. Next, you want to put it in perspective and give it a time limit. You know, imposter syndrome, being new, being a new graduate doesn't last forever. You know, I have some people who even have emailed me to say, Hi, Amanda, how long does being a new graduate last? When am I no longer a new graduate? Now, there's no real answer for that. um, But I will say that in my experience talking with new graduate NPs, you know, that new graduate feeling can, it gets better as time goes on. Absolutely. But, you know, for a year or two, you can kind of feel like you're still getting your sea legs. And I think that that is similar to nursing as well, maybe with a shorter a shorter learning curve because the responsibility and roles are are different. But, you know, put it in perspective, it won't last forever. And the third thing is to really check your expectations. Okay? Like it's totally okay to say I'm a new graduate. I'm not going to be the best from day one. I am not going to be a rock star from the very first day. And it comes back to that ability to confidently say, I know what I know, but I I really know what I don't know. And I can confidently ask for help when I need it. And checking your expectations and saying, all right, I'm going to need to use resources for a period of time. And as a you know, this is specifically for nurse practitioners. When you are working independently, let's say you're seeing patients in the clinic, you might have a point where you leave the room after assessing your patient because you either need time to look something up or you need to talk with your mentor or your, you know, the other clinician in the practice to help formulate your plan. You know, that's, first of all, that's okay. That's normal. That won't last forever. And if you kind of have that expectation going in, then it makes it a little bit easier, doesn't it? Or if you know that, you know, nurse practitioners in the practice where you're going to be working see 25 patients a day, you're not going to be seeing 25 patients a day from day one. And when you're choosing your job, you should make sure that that job understands that you're not going to be seeing 25 patients a day from day one, but rather saying, okay, well, I can see a patient an hour. And then, you know, after a period of time, I can see two patients an hour and, you know, changing your expectations and rooting them in reality. Okay. So these are the things that I want you to be thinking about as you experience the 
new graduate discomfort because, you know, like I said at the beginning, this is something that you will likely experience for a bit of time and it's going to follow you throughout a few stages of the process. Okay. It's going to follow you throughout the job search process. The way you approach your job search can be heavily influenced by your mindset. And I truly believe that the outcome of that job search process can be influenced by your mindset. And, you know, I gave you some statistics at the beginning in terms of the fact that women in particular wait until they fulfilled 100% of the job requirements before applying. Okay. That is a that is a matter of mindset. And if you do that, if you wait until you are fully qualified to apply, don't you think that has the possibility to affect the job that you get if you are not taking the risk and taking the chance? So know that that can happen. Know that it can affect you during your interview about the questions that you ask. It can affect you when you receive a job offer and what you accept and what you do or do not negotiate. And then, you know, when you start a new job, it can affect how you show up if you're not able to normalize your experience, to put it in perspective, to name it and say, okay, I'm in that uncomfortable place. And the only way to get to the other side is to push through this. And here are the expectations that are set in reality. And this won't last forever. Okay. So I really hope that this has been helpful for you. I I feel like from the nursing perspective, we talk a lot about, you know, Benner's novice to expert model. And sometimes that's a good way to explain this a little bit differently. You know, I like for new graduate um, NPs, for example, I like to say, okay, well, as as a nurse, you go from you know, this novice to expert feeling. And then when you start as an NP, you drop right down to novice again. And that can be really uncomfortable because you're used to being in that expert place. And I think that, you know, this is a different way of presenting that. And hopefully it gives you some things to think about. And I really do think that the very first step is to have this awareness and to listen to this episode, maybe listen to it again. And I really, really challenge you that, you know, over the next week, weeks, months, when you are feeling this uncomfortable feeling or when you are having a negative thought or what could be a limiting thought, I really want you to check yourself and say, okay, is this belief rooted in reality or is there a mindset shift that I could make here that would change my belief and change my outcome? And once you're able to do that, you can have a lot more power over your own experience. And that's what I want you to have. I want you to feel like you are in control of your thoughts and in control of your professional destiny and and even your, you know, your destiny and other aspects of your life, because so much of it is rooted in how we think about things and how we change our thoughts in order to change our outcomes. Okay. So please DM me on Instagram if this topic has resonated with you or, you know, screenshot and share it and tag me because I want to talk more about this. I want to talk more about the mindset piece. And, you know, that may not be what you thought that you need, but if it is turning out that this is exactly what you needed to hear, let me know because if that's the case, we're going to do more of this. Okay. So until next time, remember, I'm always rooting for you and we will talk again soon. Well, that does it for today. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and making it all the way to the end. If you found today's episode helpful, would you take a minute and give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts? It will truly help other nurses find this show and know that it's worth listening to. For more information about this episode, as well as a place to submit your questions or suggestions for future episodes or guests, head to nursebecoming.com. I cannot wait to connect with you again soon. And until next time, remember, I am always rooting for you.